Welcome to the Westminster Chapel podcast. For more information and to support our mission to London and beyond, please visit westminsterchapel.org.uk. Wonderful to be here at Westminster Chapel. This is obviously an iconic place. We have heard a lot about uh, we grew up as Christians hearing wonderful resources coming from here, preached by amazing men and women, you know, so people who served over the years. So it is a huge privilege for Julie and I to be with you this morning. Uh, yes, Andy was right in terms of uh, commissioned family is a growing family into not only in this nation, but also nations around the world. And we are excited about what God is doing in our midst. So it's 11.31, and I'm going to straight away dive into the word of God. Could you stand as we read God's word? Sarah is going to help us reading the word of God. May I request Sarah to come up, please? Please. Yeah, thank you. So I'm reading from Acts 18, verses 24 to 28. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and talked accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Acacia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Can I just pray for you, Vinu? Yeah, please, thank you. Um, thank you, Lord, that Vinu's here today. Thank you that, yes, we are family. It's an amazing thing because of what Christ has done for us. And uh, we're excited to hear what Vinu has to say. I pray you speak through him. I pray that we might have hearts to receive what he says. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Please sit down. Before I preach the word, I want to share a picture that I have for you as a church. This is about a painting, a couple of paintings that I have seen many years ago. The painting is about a group of few birds sitting on a branch. So the first frame birds sitting on the branch, they're having lovely time together. Beautiful weather, and that's the first frame. And in the second frame, the birds are still on the branch, but the weather has changed. Pretty stormy. And they all hold on to it. Literally, the wind strong wind is on them, feathers all ruffled, but they're not leaving that branch. They are there. 
And then there is a third frame. In that frame, the birds are still there. But it is better than the first two. It has come to a beautiful background. The scenery, everything is absolutely brilliant. And I want to share these three paintings with you. There's a gathering moment. And then there are situations that sometimes go through, we go through and there can be challenges. But hold on, the night will pass away. Day will come. Good weather, good scenery, everything is going to be part of it. So those birds, all three frames, the birds are in the same place. Everything else changed, but they held on to it. And I want to share that as a picture for you as a church to pray and to seek God, how God will lead you as you hold on to him. The passage we heard from is from the book of Acts chapter 24, on, uh, 18 verse 24 onwards. It's a story of uh, the church in Ephesus. This place is part of the modern-day Turkey at the moment. Um, I'm sure some of you may have gone there. The place that is still there, the remains of some of the things which you see today is still there. So this church was planted by this. The beginning of this church, really, one of the pioneering members was Apollos. In his missionary journey, Paul has visited this place and he stayed in Ephesus almost three years. Paul helped, though Apollo started the church, Paul helped to establish by laying good foundations for this church. So after Paul, it was Timothy, then later it was Apostle John, so you have uh, Apollos, Paul, Timothy, and John. You're going to ask for a better leadership team than that church. So you had all the heavyweights were once part of this church with some serious leadership contribution. Ephesus was a very populous city in Asia Minor. Today, we see remains of that city in Ephesus, part of Turkey. The city was known for trading, capital for many key events like sports, intellectual and spiritual discourses. It was a safe haven for criminals. There were things like you would get an identity, not like a card, you would get a letter once you enter. If you're a criminal elsewhere, you've done some fraud elsewhere, you end up in Ephesus, in all probability, there will not be any trial on you. The city had one of the wonders of the world at that time, the temple of Artemis in Greek, but it's also 
the branch of that you could see even today in Vatican. You know, there are statues of the goddess uh, Artemis in Rome. She's known as um, Diana. So it had 39 shrines and the headquarters was in Ephesus. Unlike today, this was the only church in Ephesus. Like Andy mentioned earlier, there are a number of churches in London, and uh, we have few commission churches in London. In those days, there was only one church. So there were, it was a good thing to have a one church, but the problem is if you have any problem with the church, you can't go to any other church. So today we have options. It is like going to a restaurant looking for, calling for a menu. And you have, you know, there was, how many of you remember those times, you know, coffee was just coffee. Tea was just tea. Today, we need a guide almost. What does this coffee mean? There's a section under coffee, there are 10 different items, but all are coffee, by the way. The only difference is the left hand, there are many names, the right hand, as you start with the latte and then the price goes up as it comes down. Yeah, we, we went across this morning and we had a similar experience. <laughs> so, this city was uh, very well known for trade, sports, intellectual, spiritual discourses, people coming there, uh, one of the wonders of the world. And so it's quite a, quite a popular place in those days. Now the church at that time, this one church in Ephesus was led by a man called Apollos. And I would like, as we read from the passage, I would like to highlight some of the credentials of a pastor, Pastor Apollos. Was an educated man. Fervent in sharing the word. Perhaps the preacher of the church. Every Sunday, Apollos preached. Spoke the word of God boldly. Shaking the congregation with his fiery preach. Engaged in debates. He was in demand. He must have been the itinerant speaker for other places Perhaps eloquent people would only come to hear Apollos unpacking the word of God. Even Apostle Paul, when he wrote, he included Apollos' name. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, God made it grow. So he was in that elite circle of leaders or preachers, here is a question. Who wouldn't want a pastor like Apollos? He was eloquent, educated, a fiery preacher. And if you are like me, you would want to go to a church like Pastor Apollos. And you would like to say, which church do you go to? Oh, I go to Apollos church. And you take great pride in uh, 
saying that. Do you agree with that? I'm sure there were some great names in this church. At that time, it was known with those leaders because the way they preached the word and other things. So, if I have a pastor like that, I want to be part of that church. All is going well. Educated man can handle the word of God with responsibility, fiery preacher, spiritual discourses, debates in the synagogue and other places. And therefore, it gives us a picture that it was a great church. All is going well as far as the activity that happens within the church. Are you with me so far? Only Andy is with me. I think I have to start all over again. Are you with me so far? Okay. You know, I come from a city which has got 22 million people. A nation with 1.4 billion people. The one thing that there is absolutely no shortage in our country is people. They are everywhere. And so we live with Tony and Sally in Woking. They've got a beautiful house tucked away in a corner. And one thing that really affects me in that house is the silence. I feel the silence is going into my ears and in my inmost being. But you come to India, there's one thing that you long for with silence. So our churches are a bit noisy. Our worship services are a bit noisy. I mean, it's noisy in any way, but they make it a little bit more Indian tikka masala. So I know it's a quite a popular dish in, our, in your country, yeah? But I want a little bit of tikka masala. Yeah, where did it come from? That's the way I like it. Uh, someone likes tikka masala this morning. So when I ask for a response, forget you are in England. Just think that, you know, if I don't give my response, he will not hear it. So make it loud and clear. Okay. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you. I will have coffee with you at the end. <laughs> right. So here is a great church, the best pastor, great preacher. Everything, this church is going so well, and it is a wonderful community. But I'm thinking, as I read this passage again and again, this is not the first time I'm preaching from this passage, but I do believe this is a message for the season. Because there isn't anything in the Bible that says that you have to preach only that message only for that season. I think the word of God is active. It is like a double-edged sword. It has the ability to penetrate bones and marrows and transform lives. You agree or not? And we must believe as the word of God is preached to us this morning afresh. It, it is not another preaching session of, of this church. It is a word that comes to us 
and it has the power to transform every single one listening to this word. Maybe some listening afterwards online. The church kind of church, I like to be part of a church where Apollos is the pastor. But I'm asking this question, is that the only thing about a church life? My answer is no. There's something more than that church life. I want to be part of a church, not only great preaching, not only great preacher, not only a leader who is really capable of doing things, but I want to be a church, part of a church that will really impact the community. Impact the community not only by the preaching of the word of God, impact the community with the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's the kind of church. I want, I want a church that demonstrates the power of God. Can I hear an amen for that? That means not only in the church meetings, lives are transformed. Yes, we want to see that is happening. As people come in through that door, they come with any kind of situation, but we must believe the Spirit of God is more than enough to transform those lives. So they don't need to go back the way they came in. They can go back as transformed by the renewing of their mind, body, and spirit. So, that's the kind of church that I'm looking for. Yes, Bible study is important. Preaching is important. Spiritual discourses are important. But we want to see something more than that. And I want to invite you, brothers and sisters, this morning. Let's open our hearts to see things like that. Apollos was a good teacher and good for the church. But I'm not too sure. That's my view. I'm not too sure how good he was for the city of Ephesus. A thriving city. A city known for trade, sports, events, even for one of the wonders of the world. If you and I are looking for a great church gathering, Apollos is the man. But if you're looking for a church that will impact the society around us, I think then we need something different. That is where Aquila and Priscilla comes in the scene. Aquila and Priscilla are a wonderful couple, companions of Paul in his missionary journey. They come to this church and they look at Apollo's preaching, teaching, spiritual discourses. What he does in the church is really helping the people. And one day, probably they said, hey, Apollos, would you like to come over for, for a meal to our home? And Apollos said, yes, you know, and they said, you are a great leader. But we believe there's something amiss in your leadership. And that is the real activity of the Holy Spirit. And all the other credentials that I mentioned earlier, there is one more thing you can add to that list 
that is apollos was a humble man when aquila and priscilla we don't even know whether they had any leadership role in that church but if you are the pastor of a church the main leader of the church an ordinary couple comes and tells you that your leadership is great but you have few missing elements in your leadership i don't think i will take it very kindly i will not i will have that meal in their home but i may not i'm not sure they'll invite them to my place because that's not something you as a senior leader want to hear right someone is telling you there is there are few missing links in your leadership i don't like i'm happy to hear i don't like when people say something about something ill about our church i feel bad oh we work very hard why are saying that but that's what aquila and priscilla said hey there are some missing links you need to set that right and I, and apollos was kind enough or humble enough to say all oh, right i think maybe i need to move on <laughs> because in that conversation in all probability aquila and priscilla said we must have paul in this church that's where we come to move from acts 18 to acts 19 so may i request you to stand up for the reading of the word again as sarah comes to lead acts 19 verse 1 onwards thank you this way this way is it on yeah okay yeah thank, thank you. you so acts 19 1 to 20 and it happened that while apollos was at corinth paul passed through the inland country and came to ephesus there he found some disciples and he said to them Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, "No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit." And he said, "Into what then were you baptized?" They said, "Into John's baptism." And Paul said, "John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus." On hearing this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul had laid his hands on them the holy spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying there were about 12 men in all and he entered the the synagogue and for 3 months spoke boldly reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God but when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief speaking evil the way before the congregation he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him reasoning daily in the hall of tyrannus this continued for 2 years so that all the residents of asia heard the word of the lord both jews and greeks and god was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them then some of the itinerant jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the lord jesus over those who had evil spirits saying i adjure you by the by the jesus who paul proclaims seven sons of a jewish high priest named skeva were doing this 
But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. <clears throat> also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated, please. Acts 18, we saw a great leader in Apollos. Now we come to Acts 19. I want you to just understand. I will recap the chronology of how Acts 19 developed. Apollos leaves Ephesus to go to Corinth. Paul comes in. Twelve people baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's no longer a great church service. There is something happening outside the church meetings and in the city. Can I hear an amen for that? Extraordinary miracles are happening in the church because we didn't hear those kind of things while great preaching was happening in the synagogue. Aprons carried the power to heal the sick. False teachers are exposed to begin with. Jesus had been magnified. Conviction and confession among the cult practitioners. Witchcraft materials have been burned so that the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily in Ephesus. Hallelujah. How many would want to be part of a church like that? Yes, there have been a matured community listening to the teachings of Apollos, Bible study, having great time, wonderful coffee and cake and all these things. But it needs to go beyond that because beyond these walls, there is a community need to see the demonstration of the power of the gospel. And Paul coming in there changed the entire scenario. And it says, so the word of the Lord continued to increase. It's not just one-off event when there was a special speaker coming in. The word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail. Not in a small way. Continue to prevail mightily. Because we must take note of these words that are there. It is for us to not only to just read it, for us to believe it and to expect the word of the Lord will continue to prevail mightily even in London City. We want to see that is happening. So it's not just about a great church but it is now moving to the city. It is 
more than a great church service. Apollos may have operated from a place of keeping things with prim and proper. We like it that way. Start on time, finish on time, everything is neat. We like it when you come to be visit our country. Julie and I visited um, England several times, London a few times. It's absolutely breathtaking. Your city is a beautiful city. This morning, I almost forgot that I have to preach here. Walking from London Waterloo Station, Tony asked me, do you want to still preach? Because lovely weather, looking around Big Ben and all that, I forgot, oh, I have a preaching to do here. You have a beautiful city. Praise God for that. But there are people in this city. They are wonderful people. But they need to see this. They need to hear this beautiful message. They need to hear the message. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We may have maybe 200 people in this room. Our feet are meant to bring good news to the people around. Our cities need more than just a good organized Sunday service. We need to see the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to see the church filled with the Holy Spirit and becoming an agent of transformation. Few of us were praying at the back room this morning and some of the words that was used, one of the words was somebody prayed and Lord, bring, bring a transformation. We are ambassadors. Yes, true. We are ambassadors of Christ because we have a message to communicate to the rest of the world. A little bit of our journey, Julie and I have been married for 29 years now. And uh, we've been leading the church, local church. The, our church name is Living Hope Church in Mumbai City. When we were given the responsibility to lead that church, we were under 100 people. There was a senior leader. And it was a wonderful community. We were part of that community, not as leaders, but we were serving that community we loved everything that happened in the church. Not only the Sunday service, when there was, remember those days we used to sing for people's birthday, happy birthday, wedding anniversary. If someone had a birthday, the half the church went for birthday for that. Another wedding anniversary, half the church went there for birthday party. It was a bit like a basketball team. All six went to score. And all six came to defend. It was a beautiful community. And then we were invited to lead the church. And I was the same church I grew up, by the way. And then I'm thinking, how do I lead this church? And we prayed and fasted. And God gave me, put something in my heart. And I felt God gave me something to really pursue as a vision statement. And it was not a very big church in India. So, a small community, but this is a vision God put in my heart. This church will be a church that will touch lives and transform nations. Nobody believed me because when I said, they said, oh, we are a small community. What are we talking about touching nations? But I always believed. I want to say this to you. When we believe the things that God has put in your heart, it will happen. 
it will happen otherwise otherwise now we have a local train station called burivli that's a, that's an area that we lead the church and i told people as a vision as my desire and i said from the burivli station if anyone takes a bus or a rickshaw we have something called rickshaw anyone been to india otherwise you may not understand what i'm talking about it is we all have four wheel we have three wheels <laughs> we are still catching up <laughs> all right all right so i mean rickshaws have got three wheels and now when you s- get down at the station and get into a rickshaw like a taxi here and say that this morning we said westminster chapel and the taxi driver brought us here so you say to burivli station get down there get into a rickshaw and say that church i see church i see colony is the locality we we have our church i see stands for very very special immaculate conception very catholic area so if you say church and i see colony the rickshaw driver will bring you to the catholic church and this was my vision my dream and i said one day one day the rickshaw driver should turn around and ask which church and few years later a lady got into a rickshaw from burivli station and she said we know it has happened i said what happened said i got into a rickshaw and asked the rickshaw driver take me to ic church and and the rickshaw driver said which church one is the catholic church the other one is living hope church hallelujah because we were not wanting to remain as a community for the benefit of its members we want to be a community that will impact the surrounding for the benefit of others the church is meant to be a demonstration you know this better than anybody else we are called to be that way but unfortunately priorities have changed priorities have changed when julie and i was given the responsibility of the church we were under 100 people just one language speaking group predominantly from catholic background but today we are a 700 plus church with over five sites service happens in four languages and god has done that for us now i must admit that we were like an acts 18 church but god allowed us to move from acts 18 to acts 19 and we saw god stepping in when we relied on the holy spirit we i am i can speak for myself i have said this publicly in us in our to our leaders and our churches if you take the holy spirit out of my life i am finished question to you can you say that about you can you say that about your church because of knowledge because of ability we are capable people our next generation is even better with capability you give 
a three-year-old child, you give her a mobile, give him a mobile, they know how to operate it. My mother who is 86, if I give her a smartphone, she doesn't know how to operate it. She needs those phone with buttons. <laughs> Remember those days? It's all happened in our generation, by the way. And I think there is a generation that we have, um, Manish and Merila friends, I mean, their two daughters, they're smart. They are intelligent. But we want to see not just our knowledge, not just our intelligence, not just our capacity, but we, the church, is not called to rely on abilities only we are called to rely on the Holy Spirit. Church is different than any other organization, including the Christian organizations. The corporates and the others, they are, they are all playing their part, but church is called to be different. And the difference is that the others will, others will focus on knowledge and ability and qualification, but the church rely and focus on the the work of the Holy Spirit. How do we, here is a question for all of us, how do we make a difference when divorces are increasing? We can't only talk about the statistics, oh, now the percentage of divorces are gone up so, well, so much. We hear about broken families, increase in sickness, corrupt politics, it's everywhere. A society that is driven by sex and gender confusion, love for money and power, persecution. How do we make gospel relevant in our times? This is a question. That's a question that we need to answer. How do we make gospel relevant? Michael Eaton, I think Michael Eaton has preached from here. His son, Calvin Eaton has written a book, and in, in that book he says, the spiritual atmosphere of Rome was powerfully pagan. The culture centered on idol worship, ritual sacrifices, sexual perversion, commerce, slavery, the spiritual, mental, physical consequences of all these into this culture came in a new message, the gospel. The gospel. Which eventually overturned the empire and the culture. At the closing end of the Roman Empire, in AD 363, the dying emperor Julian said, O Galilean, he meant Christ, you have conquered. You have conquered. If it was, if I said this in India, there would be a mighty clap. But I know it's London. You don't clap much. <laughs> I, I didn't want to go there that, you know, but I've been to Wembley Stadium once. Not to watch a game, just to watch the stadium. <laughs> Next time, I would like to actually watch one match. And I, we, I follow um, the Premier League, the football. My son, I can't say what I, which club I follow. My son follow Arsenal. <laughs> there are Arsenal supporters here. Yeah? Okay. 
if I say which team I follow, you may not be my friend. <laughs> but it is, they're there at a, in the top, yeah? But I've seen how people applaud and make loud cheer. And I'm going to say that once again for your benefit this morning. Galilean has conquered. The, the, the situation that we face today is no different than what Rome faced in those days. Everything, commerce, materialism, sexual perversion, persecution. In our nation, Andy already mentioned about the persecution in India. It is increasing. And we are not trying to stop the persecution. We are trying to tell people how do we better Christians in the midst of persecution? Our churches have been attacked. Our leaders have been beaten up. Some even put in jail. But when you talk to them, they are not thinking or backtracking. They are saying, God is with us. What they meant is the Holy Spirit is with us. And we need to see things like that even in our generation. Paul spent three years, brothers and sisters, in Ephesus. He didn't want the efficient church to forget his investment. Hence, he wrote the letter to them, which became the famous, famous letter the, among all the epistles, the, the epistle of uh, written to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. The first four chapters of Ephesians is foundation. Among all the epistles, they say that Ephesians... Efficient, the letter to the Ephesians stands like Mount Everest, the highest of all, because in it, you and I have the confidence who we are in Christ. And then comes to chapter 5, there is a verse that is hidden, in my view, it is one of the, one of the most important verse, because it is like a hinge. You know what is a hinge? You know, the hinges that you have for the door. The door cannot open or close if it does not have hinges. And I believe all the foundational thing in Ephesians chapter 4, right till chapter 1 to 4, and from 5 to 6, this verse is the hinge that connects our life to the sound doctrine. And it says, verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad it says do not get drunk? If it says do not drink wine, that would be a problem, right? I don't know how you would have done as a nation. <laughs> because thank God for that word. I love the word of God. Thank God it's Paul very nicely put it. Do not get drunk. Oh, I can have at least one glass of wine. <laughs> I'm not drunk. <laughs> yeah? Do not get drunk with wine. But the focus is not drinking wine, brothers and sisters. It says, but it says that leads to debauchery. But, everybody say but. Everybody didn't say. I'll give you one more chance. But, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
We want to be people who not only just drink wine, but we want to be people who are drunk in the Holy Spirit, not in the wine, but drunk in the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying, you have great foundation because he laid those foundations. But remember this. Don't let knowledge control your life. Sometimes you can have all the scriptures and understanding, commentary and dictionary and everything that comes from and you, you amass a lot of knowledge and God is saying, that's not enough. <laughs> you need the Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul is encouraging the church in Ephesus. And from verse chapter 5 onwards, he gives several instructions, several instructions for daily life for you and I. And there are instructions for husbands. Husbands, what does it say to the husbands? Oh, I think you need to practice this a lot. Husbands, love your wife. If you haven't at least said it today, say it to your wife. Oh, I love you, darling. <laughs> okay. Husband, love your wife. Now, here, here the, understand, you have great foundation up to chapter 4, 1 to 4. And chapter 5, he's saying, now, this is how you outwork things. Husbands, how do you become a great husband? Not because you read from chapter 1 to 4, because you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you can be a great husband. Wives, otherwise, how will they ever submit to their husband? The only way that you can really submit to your husband, you be filled with the Holy Spirit. And to children, children obey your parents. How many would want to make that as a daily prayer? <laughs> Father, help. <laughs> and not only help them, and our prayer also, prayer life also improves when you think of the children. How in a society that is deteriorating on values and principles, how do you think our children will obey their parents? And I'll tell you why, how. The only way our children will obey because when they are filled with the Holy Spirit, they want to obey their parents. And for parents, do not exasperate your children. How? When you're filled with the Holy Spirit. How will you treat your slaves? Of course, in those days, slaves, today we don't talk about slavery. But, you know, how do you, how do you treat your employees? And employees, how do you treat your masters? The only way that you and I can grow in that area is when, is when you and I are filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul doesn't stop there. He continues his thing and he comes to, when he comes to Ephesians chapter 10, talks about the armor of God. How many of you know that passage? The armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. But we have taken that in the context of saying that, oh, this is the whole armor of God, and now how do we do it? And it says, finally, everybody say finally. finally. By the way, Paul doesn't end the word. I will, I will finish it soon, yeah? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. What is that mighty power? It is the Holy Spirit. 
we can only put on the whole armor of god we can only do things when we are filled with the holy spirit and church historically has distanced themselves away from the power of the holy spirit not the knowledge of the holy spirit we have all the understanding of the holy spirit we know when the holy spirit comes we know when the holy spirit goes but we just don't see it is outworked in our lives and i want to encourage you today that is what in isaiah chapter 61 isaiah the prophet gives a beautiful summary of what the spirit can do and jesus when he started his ministry in luke chapter 4 he opened up the same book and read out the spirit of the sovereign god is upon me because the lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the broken hearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and to the opening of the prison those who are bound to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our god to comfort all who mourn to grant those who mourn in zion to give them beautiful head headdress instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning the garment of praise instead of faint spirit that they will be called oaks of righteousness the planting of the lord that they may be they, that he may be glorified this is the mandate for your church this is a mandate for every church unfortunately our priorities have changed our mandate has changed and now we are looking for breakthrough success through programs my invitation to all of you this morning come back to the source come back to where these things are i like the way isaiah puts it in verse verse 3 uh, i want you to say this word after me okay after i when i i'll tell you which one to say to give them a beautiful headdress instead say with me instead instead of ashes and then it say the oil of gladness instead of mourning are there people around you is mourning may i request the band to come up please are there people around you mourning answer me please are there people who need a fresh start around you and i believe there is a provision in the word of god and there is a provision that is in the holy spirit that we can instead of pain we can bring joy instead of this we can bring in those that is why we are called the ambassadors instead of instead of uh, conflict and other things we are called to be people of god and paul this is what he did in ephesus thank god for apollos and the foundation that he laid but we need a transition from acts 18 to acts 19 that transition is not only the benefit of the church here it is for the benefit of those around us benefit of all those who connected to us so we can go into those dark places 
and we can be the carriers of God's light. Where there is mourning, we will bring joy. The question, do you want it? Do you want it? I do not have the source, but Jesus said, when we said yes to Jesus, not only that we got salvation, salvation came, but we've been guaranteed with the deposit of the Holy Spirit. And my prayer for you this morning, please come back. Come back to the source. And I'm not giving any special invitation this morning, but I will have one invitation for all of us. If you feel I need to grow in relying on the Holy Spirit, I need to trust the Holy Spirit, I need the leading of the Holy Spirit, I don't want to be part of a great church team and serving only this place here for a service, but I want to be an agent. I want to be an agent of transformation. I want to be an ambassador for Christ. I walk out, out, out of that door and I can be the hand that can bring healing. I can be the lips that can bring peace and restoration to those lives. Those colleagues or neighbors who are depressed, you can say that, hey, I can pray, my God will do it. You've got to believe that. Otherwise, we will continue to remain in Acts 18. Question for you. How many would want to move from Acts 18 to 19? If you are that person, I want you to stand. The band will lead us to a, through a song. Yeah. And then at the end, I will pray. Is that okay? Yeah, thank you. listening to sermon audio from Westminster Chapel. If you'd like to partner with us in making disciples and sharing the gospel, please consider making a one-off or regular donation. Visit westminsterchapel.org.uk forward slash giving to find out how.